Hi and welcome to the Final Whistles Premier League Weekly presented by Life Now. I am Deepan. And I'm Raushan. If you've been following us since our first episode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whichever platform you frequent, thank you for being with us from the beginning. Today, we've got a special episode lined up for you, and we're also available on YouTube. That's right. Exciting stuff, Deepan, to finally put a face to our voices. Not entirely sure whether it's a good thing or not that the fans will be able to see our faces now, but I'm very excited for my Final Whistle YouTube debut. Yep, uh, pretty sure that's primarily good news, Raushan. Anyway, let's not keep our special guests waiting for too long. Uh, it's not the best of times to be a gunner at the moment uh, as the proud North Londoners are rooted to the bottom of the Premier League table after three matches. But today, to dissect the poor start, scrutinize the Mikel Arteta plan and give us the lowdown on all things Arsenal, we have one of the most recognizable football fans in the world. It's AFTV's very own founder and host, Robbie Lyle. Don Robbie, thank you so much for taking some time to join us. Uh, how are you doing is usually the question I would ask, but after the last result, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you, what have you been doing to get away from the result since then? Um, do you know what? I've, I've just been uh, relaxing a little bit um, because obviously after our last game against Manchester City, we then also had the transfer window um, which closed on Tuesday. So obviously Arsenal was very busy in the transfer window. So we were very busy covering all of that. So um, Wednesday, yesterday, I had a nice little relaxing day. That's the first relaxing day I've had in a very long time. Um, yeah, but it's back into back into it again today. Thursday was yesterday. See, I'm even forgetting the dates. <laughs> um, Thursday I had a nice little relaxing day. But yeah, no, just get back into everything now. Um, you know, because obviously also back in action next week. All right, Robbie. So obviously you'll see Deepen is the good cop. He's going to ask the easy questions. I'm going to come in as the bad <laughs> cop and ask you the harder questions. You spoke about the transfer window closing quite recently and Arsenal went out to spend $150 million on players. The highest pounds. spenders, pounds even. Pounds. On, yes, exactly, <laughs> on players. And they're the highest spenders in the English Premier League and also Europe, but also primarily on under-23 players. What's the, hmm. what's the plan here for Arsenal? Because there's no star players, no big names. Is that an indication then that Arsenal are planning for the future rather than in the here and now? Yeah, I think everything they're trying to do at the moment is all about um, bringing in players that have a certain profile and that profile is that they're um, young players, uh, players that are very, very talented, that are going to get better in the future. So, you know, instead of going out and, say, for instance, buying a ready-made, I don't know, superstar player or a ready-made, you know, you go out and you you buy somebody who has the potential to get to that level. Um, and I think a lot, they, I think there's a lot of reasons why they've done that. I think one of the reasons is, over the years, and it's still even happening at Arsenal, we've had a lot of players that they have no value. You know what I mean? We, we, you know, we, we, we've not even been able to sell them for and get any money back if they don't work out. They're just literally sitting there on high wages. Nobody really wants to buy them. You know, so I think what they're trying to do is number one, protect the value of players by bringing in young players that will have a value that that can improve the team. Um, and I think if you look at certain players like um, Sambi Lakonga, for instance, I've been impressed with who they've brought in. I, I noticed yesterday that he made his debut for Belgium, um, his first full cap, and he looks a real player. I mean, it's still too early to tell. It's only been a couple of games, 
but he looks a real player. So they're, they're trying to bring in players like that, that probably by the time they're 25, you know, next couple of seasons, you're looking at them and you're thinking, wow. Um, which is, uh, I think is a good thing to do, but I, I, there's so many problems at Arsenal that, you know, we need a bit more than that. It's, it seems weird to say because we have spent a lot of money, but I still think, you know, we could have done with a couple of experienced um, Premier League players that can get us through the sort of bad situation that we're in. But I think, you know, I, I get what they're trying to do. I get what they're trying to do with these type of signings. And and even though, you know, you look on it and you'll say, well, we've spent more money. I think more money than any other team in the world in this transfer window, right? Um, but they're not exciting signings. Nobody's jumping up and down and saying to himself, wow, I can't wait to see him play and stuff like that. You know, like Man United fans, they're, they're excited to see Varane, Sancho, now Ronaldo. They're all like, wow, I can't wait to get to the next game. Um, but our problem is, is we've, we've got so many problems. We've got so many holes to plug that we had to go out and buy a load of plugs, <laughs> a load of players that can plug those holes. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, you look at uh, Manchester United, you look at a Chelsea, for instance, Chelsea only needed Lukaku and, and, and they've even got Sao Niguez on top of that. But they don't really need much because they've already, you know, they won the Champions League. They've got a great team already. You know, Manchester City only added to, needed to add Grealish. Oh, but we need, a, we need a lot of players. It's a real rebuilding um, situation at Arsenal at the moment. And, and even though we've bought all those players and spent all that money, we need more. That's how bad a situation we're in. Yeah, Robbie, you, you talk about having time or needing the time to rebuild. Uh, but the obvious question will be, how much time should Mikel Arteta get uh, for this rebuild that you talk about? How much time is enough time? Because, of course, he's had one full season last year and half a season before that. Uh, do you give him the full season to, to last at Arsenal? You could argue that he shouldn't be here now. Oof. Right, because there's a lot, there's a lot of fans who at the end of the season, last season, were like, you know, you finish eighth in the league twice in a row. I know he only had um, a, part, um, a part of that season where we finished eighth, but you finish, you know, you're in charge and the team finishes eighth twice in a row at a team the size of Arsenal. Really and truly, that should be it. That should be your job gone, you know? Um, he's been given a chance this season. He's lost his first three games. <laughs> There's a lot Without of fans saying... Goal as well without scoring a goal. So there's a lot of fans now saying, well, how comes he's still here? So I don't think he's just going to be given unconditional time as much as um, I think the board really want him to work out because they've invested a lot of money and they've invested a lot in him. Because when Mikel Arteta was first brought in, it was a big shock to everybody. And I mean, everybody was like, well, he's never managed before. You know, and... and uh, you know, the, the the board were like, yeah, but this guy, you know, we identified him as, you know, the next big thing. Well, it's not worked out that way. I mean, he came in, he won an FA Cup as soon as he came in. That was great. Um, I think he hadn't won that FA Cup. I don't think he'd be here now. You know what I mean? Because in the league, he's been poor. And I, I don't think he's going to get the season if this continues. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if he survived the end of September if results don't turn around. So I, I, I seriously think that he now needs to start getting the team back on track. I mean, you could argue that we've had a very difficult start. Um, you know, uh, Brentford away the first game, a newly promoted team, 
um, who are a good good team. They're not like a, a poorly promoted. You know, I mean, they're a good. Everyone knew that Brentford would do okay this season. Their first game in their brand new stadium. You know, what I mean, and then adding into that, we had um, you know really big players all out. You know, Thomas Partey out injured, uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang with COVID. You know, COVID had actually ravaged that game. Nearly got called off. Called yeah. off, yeah. Because of because of that, so that would have definitely have unsettled the dressing room. But still, the performance was poor. The second game against Chelsea, again, COVID problems, injury problems. You know, even you know, the, the, you know, it just just really poor performance. And then again, the third game against Man City, again, lots of injury and COVID problems. But for me, and, and obviously, you're playing the champions of Europe, the champions of England. Yeah, in two consecutive games, so it's a really tough start. But for me, what really disappointed me in all three games was the poor performance. If you if you looked at those three games and you said, you know what, the team are performing really well. Brentford sneaked a goal against us. You know, we played really well against Chelsea, but they beat us. All right, fair play. You know what? They're they're the champions of Europe. We really played well at Man City, but they, you know. In the end, you know, they, they, they just got had too much for us. If it was that, we'd all be looking on it and saying, all right, fair enough. Let's. But when you look at three poor performances, the, you know, I mean, the white flag being waved as far as I was concerned at Man City, surrender, the very weak defensive performance against Chelsea and Brentford and City, you're worried because you're like, I've not seen a performance in all three games. And even with the injuries and uh, the mitigating circumstances that I've just mentioned, there's still a good enough squad to be doing better in those games. And you've got to look at the manager. You're in charge. I always say this, when it, when it, when it, comes, to, when it comes to managers, you know, you get bigged up when it goes well. <laughs> and if it's going badly, it's on you. That's how it is. That's why you get that job. Yeah, and I think in comparison, when you look at a team like Wolves, uh, they've lost three games as well, but uh, they have been positive in the games that they have played, uh, looked good in the games that they've lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and my question great now because, be... Great point, because at the weekend when when uh, Wolves, they were very unlucky against Man United. There are a lot of people who were saying that really and truly, had it not been for De Gea, they would have won the game. And plus as well, the goal shouldn't have stood because it, it was a foul. You look at the game Wolves played against Tottenham, they had 20 shots. 20. They lost to a penalty, you know what I mean? So their fans will look on it and say, you know what? It's coming, it's coming. We've just been a bit unlucky. But in our case, we haven't seen any performances like that in any of the games that we've played. And that's why every Arsenal fan right now is very worried at what they're seeing. But I'm interested to know what you personally think uh, about Mikel Arteta at the moment in terms of, do you think he should stay? Or do you think it's time that he leaves? And if he leaves... Who do you think is a realistic target to go for? Because I've seen Arsenal fans, you know, uh, mention Antonio Conte as a name. But I personally think, why would Conte want to go to Arsenal at this point of time? Well, personally, if it was down to me, um, and I hate I hate sacking managers and, and I really want Mikel Arteta to succeed. But if it personally, if I was in charge, I probably would have changed it. And I would have went out and I would got Antonio Conte. I would have, I would have said to him, what do you want? Right? We may not be able to give you the the funds that you need this year, but come in, get us into get us back into European football, um, and then next season we'll go big, 
right? Because for me, he's an elite manager. And I've seen Arsenal do this before. We, we, when, when Pep Guardiola was out there, we were differing around. We, we stuck with Arsene Wenger, even though we could clearly see he was kind of coming towards the end of, it, of his reign. Um, and we, we kept with Arsene Wenger. We missed out on Guardiola. We missed out on Klopp. When, when um, Unai Emery was in charge and um, it was going quite badly for Unai Emery, Allegri was out there. We, we, we stuck with Emery and then we brought in caretakers and now, em now Allegri's gone back to Juventus. I, don't, I, I think when you've got managers of that stature out there, you've got to bring them in because I, I look on it and I think to myself, managers can really improve players. Players that will be, players that me and you, all the three of us will be criticizing, a manager can come in and change. I've seen it at Chelsea. Before, before uh, Thomas Tuchel came in, Chelsea fans were all criticizing Rudiger. They were all criticizing Christiansen. They were criticizing Jorginho. I mean, they would have got a, they would have got a taxi and driven Alonso <laughs> to the plane to get him out of the place, right? That's true. Now, yeah. all of those players, look how they're playing. They're the same guys. The same guys that were being heavily criticized. Jorginho just won the FIFA Player of the Year, right? These guys were fans. They, they, their fans were like, <clears throat> they're not good enough. They're not playing well enough. We want them. To and Tuchel's come in and he's turned those players around, the same players. And all of a sudden, nobody's saying that. People are just saying, no, add to the squad. Nobody's saying, yeah, get rid of Alonso. <laughs> Alonso's yeah. keeping the Ben Chilwell out of the team. So yeah. this is what I'm saying. When you've got an elite manager who really knows his stuff, that's what they can do. And I just feel with Mikel Arteta, he's a, he's a novice manager. That's the reality of it. You know what I mean? He, he's, never, he's never managed before. The only, I think the only manager in the Premier League who's never ever managed a football club before. And, you know, it's, so it's very difficult because, you know, when you're managing anything, you know, whether it be football or business, you have to, you're going to make mistakes along the way. And you learn from those mistakes. But the problem is when you're managing a club in the Premier League is that you don't get time to learn from mistakes, especially at a club like Arsenal. You know, everything's scrutinised. So, you know, people that already don't have patience with, you know, if you're in the Championship, you lost three games in a row or League One, you're not necessarily, your job's not necessarily on the line. You know, and you, you know, you can, t but in the Premier League, People are calling for your head. That's it's a different type of pressure. Talking about turning things around, I think Arsenal play Norwich next when the season resumes after the international break. In terms of what the team that Ateta should put out, what are you looking for in terms of the strongest eleven that he should put out and how should they play? Because you talked about poor performances. What does Mikel need to do to turn things around? Who do you want to see on the pitch? Well, hopefully... You know, um, we'll see the return of Thomas Partey. I, I think, you know, in pre-season, he was excellent. And um, it was really, you know, really disappointing to see him get injured against Chelsea, by the way, in pre-season. Um, so um, I'd love to see him back in the fold. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I mean, hopefully guys like Ben White will actually be back for that game. I'd like to see uh, Takiro Tomiyasu, who we just signed. I'd love to see him given a start at right back um, to see what he's like. It might come too early because obviously he's not played yet um, for Arsenal. But, I mean, we should have most of the players available. You know what I mean? Lacazette, Aubameyang, all these guys have overcome their COVID now. 
they would have had a couple of weeks to to get some proper training in. Um, so we should see quite um, quite a full team, and and I want him to go with the strongest team. I think first and foremost he needs to win. <laughs> I mean, with the performance, because a perf good performance and a draw or a loss is not it's too late for that now. We need an absolute. That game is an absolute. Can't after the fourth game, if we're still sitting bottom of the table, I'm sorry, that's that's not acceptable. So we need a win even more than the performance in this particular game. I think that, I think now we just need a few wins. Um, just, you know, because you, you can turn things, you know, it's still early in the season, despite what Tottenham fans, the way they're carrying on because they're top <laughs> of the league, they think, they think they've won the league already, but it's, it's only three games. The season finishes in May. It's a long, long way to go. Mikel Arteta to uh, restore the faith of the fans, to get people back on side, start winning some games. And uh, I think Norwich is a must win. It's the, you know, they, they also haven't won any games. It's a perfect game for Arsenal, really. They've got to win it, though. Have to. I'm just, I'm just looking at the fixture list. And over the next seven games, at least on paper, it looks like there should be some straightforward results. You talk about winning, building momentum and starting to win. Are you at all worried that end September, it's Arsenal-Tottenham? And you mentioned earlier, Ateta should be given till probably September only. Is that D-Day then for Mikel almost? Because if he doesn't get the results and then you end up losing to your North London derby, is that D-Day for Mikel? I, think, I don't think he'd be able to last. If we don't get results between now and the end of September, so it's Norwich at home, Burnley away, which will be tough. We know how they play. They mm. would have looked at the... Uh, the Brentford game where Brentford went very direct, lots of long throws and, you know, Brentford basically didn't play nothing out from the back, just got the ball, hit it up to Ivan Tony. Um, Burnley would be looking at that and rubbing their hands together and say, yep, yeah, we're going to do, well, that's what we do every week anyway, right? <laughs> so they'll be, that's what they're going to do at their place, right? They're going to be very physical. And then the North London derby, which is, you know I mean? That's going to be a very, very tough game. Harry Kane, Son, you know, top quality players that always do well against us. So he has to do well in those. The pressure's on. The pressure's on. But this is why you're a manager. You've got to handle this pressure. So the, the pressure's on. If he, I think if he doesn't win two out of those three, I think he, uh, I, I don't know how he can remain in the job, personally. Robbie, uh, I'm not sure whether you play the Fantasy Premier League, uh, but I, I'm sure you're you're familiar with the concepts of the Fantasy Premier League. Uh, just want to ask you, uh, if there's one player from Arsenal that you think FPL managers must have in their teams uh, for these games ahead, who would it be? It would be Thomas Partey for me um, because he's the quality in that midfield. The only thing is that it's been really unfortunate ever since we bought him, he's never been fit. Yeah. And in pre-season, he was looking fit, he was looking commanding in that midfield and then he went and got injured. So if he's fit, for me, that guy is Thomas Partey. He could be, he could be a really big player for Arsenal. I mean, as I said, if you look through Arsenal's team, we've got some very good quality players there. The only thing that worries me at Arsenal at the moment is the defense. It's, it's been absolutely shocking in the opening games. I mean, we can't, you know, we we need to get Gabriel back in that um defense. He's such an important player. Um, it'd be, you know, I I, I want to see the Gabriel sort of Ben White partnership. Yep. Um, I'm really surprised 
that we didn't maybe even go out and get another centre back because I'm I'm not sure about guys like Chambers holding you know sending Saliba out on loan. I think now is again these are decisions that look really bad on Mikel Arteta because you know you've seen these guys going elsewhere and already playing well and our guys how poor they've been. So um, yeah, I think if it was a one player, it'd be Partey for me or Saka. What about? What about uh, someone more attacking like Martin Odegaard who has returned to the club after being on loan there? Do you think he's someone who could get the goals and assists that FPL managers look out for? Yeah, the only problem with Martin Odegaard is he doesn't score enough goals. Um, he needs to change that, but I really like him as a player. I was very happy to bring him back. Um, I felt that we was much better team with him in the side last year. He's, he's that creative player that Arsenal lack. So, and again... <clears throat> going right back to what you guys were saying at the start of the show, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, he's he he fits that. Pre- he's a young player, um, and could be a really really top player. Um, but he needs more goals to his game. That's one thing that I feel he's lacking. Our, our midfield lacks goals really, and um, they need to address that this season because you know the midfield doesn't score enough goals. Um, that's why I was also wouldn't have minded getting somebody like a James Madison because he's a goal-scoring midfielder. We don't really have that from central midfield. Right, Robbie. we want to talk more about AFTV at the moment. Uh, You, of course, started AFTV in 2012, and I've read that primarily uh, it was down to giving the the fans some voice uh, in terms of giving them a platform where they could come and share their views. Uh, Along the way, AFTV has come in for a bit of criticism, I would say. Um, I've read reports that against uh, West Brom in the Carabao Cup, there were some fans chanting that AFTV needs to get out. I just want to get your views on this. Where is the criticism coming from? Uh, do you feel that AFTV is sometimes almost an easy scapegoat for Arsenal fans? It is. It is. It's exactly it. And you know, um, there's been a there's been a little section of fans that um, they go to games and you know they've tried to start little songs and stuff like that. And you know that's 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 up to them. Um, you only have to look at the the numbers that we do, the support that we have consistently. Um, I think uh, the majority of the criticism is very, very unfair, you know, and we are scapegoated, you know. If, you know, some of the things that I see written and said are absolutely unbelievable. You know, we're a platform. We give fans a chance to have their say, you know I mean? Um, you know, we've, I think we're... I challenge anybody to tell me another platform where so many different fans get a chance to have their say, both here in the UK and around the world. You know, um, even at the moment, there's some of the shows we do after match day, people can send in their own personal videos, voice notes from anywhere, as long as you're an Arsenal fan, you know, and have your point of view. So I think there's a lot of um, jealousy and envy involved in a lot of this as well. You know this perception that oh you're you're making money because a team lo- the team loses, which I find really I find really uh, disrespectful. You know, as, as a person that's uh, supported Arsenal all my life, when I first started doing AFTV, I started it with my own money. Um, I've had to build it from zero to where it's come um, come to now. You know, so you know I find it very disrespectful. I never hear the, hear these things being aimed at other platforms. You know, you've got other websites, you know, that earn their money in exactly the same way as us, which is through Google AdSense. But nobody's criticizing them, but they want to come and criticize us for 
earning our money through Google AdSense, you know? And so it's just some really ridiculous things like that. And I really do think a lot of it's coming through uh, jealousy. I think sometimes, I hate to say it, but there's even a little bit of the fact that, you know, it's almost like, you know, I've had people come up to me and say things, oh, you're, you're not a real fan. I've supported this club all my life. And I, and I start to think, think to myself, well, what, what, what are you trying to say? You know what I mean? I go to, I, I've had a season ticket from I was at Highbury. I mean, going to games year in, year out. From when Ian Wright was playing, I, I used to be there. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, a lot of it is, is, is just really unjustified. You know, listen, I'm like, some people might not like it because they will say things like, um, you know, opposition fans will look on it if we have a loss and have a laugh, but you know what? They can look on anything. They can go onto any of the phone-ins over here. They can go onto any of the forums. That's what we do as fans, don't we? We banter each other. So, you know, to say, when I hear people saying things to me like, uh, well, if you have a loss, you shouldn't do anything. I'm like, well, that, again, now that's just going back to not giving fans a voice. That's me. Oh, I must, you know, it's not my, it's not my fault that the club is doing badly at the moment. I don't want the club to be in this situation. I wish we was in Man City situation. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. There's not a lot, you know, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of jealousy out there that spurs a lot of this sort, sort of thing on, you know, every, anybody who knows me, anybody who knows any of the people who come on, <clears throat> will tell you how genuine these fans are. And it's about giving them a chance to have their say. And some of these little sort of thuggery, bully boy tactics of some certain, and it's a tiny section, <clears throat> but, you know, almost like they're trying to intimidate you. Honestly, those people represent the worst of football. And, that, and that's what, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I'm hoping again, we're changing. Don't, you know I mean, that those days of, you know, people just coming up to you and trying to intimidate you just because you don't say what they say, you know, that's what we're all against here on AFTV. Your opinion that you give is as valued as mine, right? Me and you, we all know what it's like as football fans. I could watch the same game as both of you guys and my man of the match will be different from your man of the match. Your player that you thought did badly, I might say I thought he did all right. Mm. That's what football is all about. But you get some people just because your opinion's different to this, they want to abuse you and they want to say you're embarrassing them and stuff like. That. Honestly, sorry, but has this has this uh, criticism ever became physical? I mean, do some of these fans approach you in person uh, to try and intimidate yeah. you? Yeah, I've wow. had that. I've had that. Yeah, so I had that. At, um, there was a game at Everton where there were some fans, uh, that was before the lockdown, where there were some fans that approached me in a very aggressive manner, and they planned it. And and I'd say, like, you know, a lot of games that I go to, um, I'll have, you know, I have the odd fan who comes up and is abusive. But I have to then also factor in the fact that, you know, 95% of the fans are showing pure love. They're coming up to me and they're saying, Robbie, you love what you do don't stop, keep doing what you're doing, you give us a voice, you know, and then I also look at the numbers that we do, you know, um, I mean, we've got a million followers, over a million followers on YouTube, over a million followers on Facebook, just about to hit a million followers on Instagram, you know, so people, 
I, 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 you know, you can't, that's what one of the problems, one of the great things, social media is a great thing. And then sometimes it can be a little bit of a horrible thing because, you know, you give a voice to something. There's a voice sometimes to the unsavory as well, you know, and listen, I'm not against people criticizing as long as it's, uh, you know, do it in a respectful way. You don't have to come up and try to intimidate or abuse somebody or something like that. If you don't like it, don't watch. You know, but we're here to stay. We're here to stay. <clears throat> we're doing our thing. I saw Ian Wright the other night. Um, I was at an event and that's the first thing he came up to me and said, he goes, Robbie, you keep doing your thing, man. We love what you do. And when people like that are endorsing what I do, that's, you know what I mean? That, that's, that's, that's enough for me. That's one of my heroes. You know what I mean? That's enough for me. And he's like, he loves it. He goes, keep, he goes, I love what you do, man. I love what you do keep doing your thing. So <clears throat> you can't be intimidated by thugs, man, who just want to, you know, because, you know, unfortunately it's a problem in English football. It is. Um, it's, it's, it's an issue. We saw it in, in, at the Euros, you know, um, that you still do have a bit of that element and, you know, we're on the front line. We're always out there. That's another thing. I think we're one of the only platforms again, that you'll see in football where we're there. We're at the game, we're speaking to fans, you know, so we're there to be shot at. Um, but it's all, listen, we, we soldier on. <laughs> Robbie, just before we run out of time here, just one final quick question. Us in Singapore, whenever there's a match, we make a date with the television. I just want to understand being in the thick of things almost, as you said, how good is it to have football back to be able to watch it live in stadiums. Just talk me through the atmosphere of being able, especially after the pandemic, everything that the world has gone through, it must be so good to be able to have football live in front of you again. You know what, I was at the game, <clears throat> excuse me, I was at the game um, Man City at the weekend and, and that was the best thing about it. The best thing about it was being back, seeing so many people that I haven't seen for a long time being around fans. I didn't think I'd be back around people, right? <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, I don't know about how bad it's been in Singapore, but I know it hasn't been as bad as it's been here. It's been really bad. We've had numerous lockdowns, strict lockdowns, you know? Um, and as you saw, you know, for the past, you know, over, you know, well, the whole season behind closed doors, no fans. It's not the same game, is it? If the fans are not there. So it's been great to be back. Although, although some fans have been saying they wish they'd have stayed away, right? After what they've seen with Arsenal, they would have stayed at home. But um, but no, it's been great to be back. It's been great to be back around the fans, you know what I mean? To see to see the fans back in the ground. I just hope, you know, we can get some wins to get the fans, you know, enthusiastic again and back on side and lift some of the gloom that is around Arsenal at the moment because there is a lot of gloom around. Well, it's bound to be with bottom of the table. So there's bound to be a lot of doom and gloom. So Mikel Arteta needs to lift that and the players. It's not just Mikel Arteta and the players as well over the next few games. But to be back in stadiums has been fantastic. It really has been. All right, Robbie. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. Uh, we hope to see Arsenal and AFTV back in Singapore in the near future. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Then, <clears throat> yeah, till then. I, 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 I love my time when I went to Singapore when Arsenal was there. I really love my time in Singapore. I thought it was such a beautiful country. I was like, how comes I've never been here before? You know I, mean? <laughs> it was, I was like, this is a really, really nice place. You know what I mean? And 
I thought the people were so friendly and, and, then, and then the fans were so knowledgeable. So knowledgeable. And then I met a load of fans as well from Malaysia and places like that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really good, man. I really enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love, I mean, I don't know when with this pandemic, but I'm hoping that, you know, the world can beat this thing and we can get back to getting out to places like Singapore again. And, you know, I'd say to all the fans down there, just keep, keep supporting Arsenal. Let's just, you know, we, we just got to hope that um, this is just, uh, you know, because you can get off to a poor start of a season and you can turn it around. Man City actually, I'm not saying we're going to do this, but Man City actually won the league. They actually won the league last year after getting off to a really bad start. Them yeah. and Man United got off to a bad start and they came first and second. So I don't think we should lose hope. We can still recover it back and have a decent season. Um, but got to improve things fast. Yep. Uh, Raushan and I are really looking forward to someday meeting you in person. I hope that happens. Uh, but please send our best wishes to AFTV's crew. Uh, thank you so much again, Robbie, for coming thank on. Thank you. Cheers, Robbie. It's been fantastic.